When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Annalise Trussella, nutritional therapist, uh, joining us. Good afternoon to you, Annalise. Good afternoon, Patricia. And you are very welcome. Can I first of all just pick up on last week and a clarification that you wanted to make? This was to do with the high creatine in the kidneys and oh, elevated yes. liver enzymes. Yes, I think I, I got just a bit mixed up between the two of them, Patricia. I was answering probably more about elevated liver enzymes. So the answer about what would you do about high creatine in um, levels in the kidneys? Now, high creatine is generally as a result of a number of issues. It might be that you're eating a very high protein diet so that your body is having to break down too much protein and therefore creatine becomes elevated in the kidneys. It could be that you're on a very, very low calorie diet and your body has to start breaking down your muscle to provide the body with protein. Um, so therefore, there would be creatine in the kidneys as well. Or it can be a sign of kidney dysfunction. So really, it's about addressing the issue as to why the creatine would be high. Um, and then herbs that would support the kidneys generally would be nettle is wonderful for the kidneys. And there's another herb as well called solid dago, which is very good for the health of the kidneys. And I think it would be important to avoid other things that could possibly irritate the kidney if it's, you know, to make sure it's filtering well. And that would be things like alcohol and caffeine and a very high salt diet. Um, and a very high calcium diet. So those would affect the way the, kil- the, the kidney would be filtering and its function. So one of those should be the answer. Okay. And then also reverting back to last week, two texts in early this morning saying, what did Annalise recommend for nail fungal infection? Yeah, so the, one, the best thing in my book, Patricia, is something called grapefruit seed extract. It's actually the extract from the seeds of the grapefruit. So you can imagine it's exceptionally bitter and it's a very powerful antifungal agent. So it, it works great for a mouthwash as well if you've any bit of thrush. Um, and to use it as a, for fungal toes, the best thing to do is to do at least two or three times a week do a foot bath where you put in 10 to 15 drops of the citrus, the liquid um, extract of the grapefruit seeds and soak the feet well so that it gets right underneath the nail. And then daily, you could just dampen a cotton pad and you could um, put on a few drops and wipe it around the area. And bear in mind that the fingernails take about six weeks on the fingers to grow from the bed at the bottom to the top. And your toenails will be much slower in terms. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you're not going to see an overnight success. You, what you're looking for is fresh new nail that comes up Come, and is yeah, not infected. That you know that it's clearing. Yeah, and yeah. the other thing, Patricia, as well, is that often footwear can reinfect. So, you know, make sure that when you're taking your socks off and um, that they get washed in a really hot wash. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, you, yeah. You're clearing it up and then you're bringing it back again by putting back on the, the sock that has the infection on it. Exactly, uh, yeah. Hi, uh, Trish, could you ask Annalise, what did she recommend for vertigo? So now vertigo is an interesting one, Patricia, because some people are plagued by it. And generally, in, it's as a result of um, something usually a virus that has caused inflammation in the ear canals that are responsible for our balance. So the, it's like a relation of the uh, flu virus, this virus that can infect that inner ear. So what happens is you actually feel, you can feel nauseous because it's like being on a boat that's, you know, seasick, that's that 
horrible nausea feeling. Mm. Balance is affected. You feel very dizzy. So the goal really is to try and bring down the inflammation in the inner ear. And the best supplement I've found for that is something called uh, Nature's Plus Age Loss Hearing Support. And there are a couple of things in there that are very good for um, the inflammation of the ear canals. But also there's a bacteria in there that's very important for the whole um, inside of the ear and the sinuses and the salivary canals. So I've had good success with that. Not everybody gets a success, Patricia, but it is there is a good success generally with it. And I would say that you should take it for no more than two months. If it's not working after two months, it's not going to work for you. Um, and the other things then that can cause vertigo, there is a, um, a syndrome called Meniere's syndrome. And that, again, you know, you might get some results with um, the age loss hearing support by Nature's Plus. But the truth is, is that generally is kind of an ongoing issue. So you're better off going to the doctor and having the, um, you know, the seasickness tablets that they generally prescribe for it. Hi, Annalise. I've been diagnosed with osteoporosis. I'm in my mid-60s. I'm active and I have a good diet. Please, could you suggest the best calcium foods as I can't take calcium tablets? Thanking you in advance. Yeah, and there's loads of calcium-rich foods, Patricia, that people can take. I'm not a big fan of high doses of calcium because... Most research has shown at this stage that if we put too much calcium in, it can harden the cholesterol in the arteries. So it can increase your risk of heart disease. And also, if you're prone to kidney stones or gallstones, it can increase your risk of those. So I'd much rather see people take a vitamin D and a vitamin K supplement. A K D3 and K2 are very good for helping you to absorb calcium from your diet. And the K2 is very good for you to get it onto your bone healthily and safely. So the calcium-rich foods, when we think about calcium, we mostly think about dairy. But actually, there um, are many other calcium-rich foods that we should be including in our diet. So nuts and seeds are excellent. So putting a tablespoon of ground linseeds or chia seeds, pumpkin or sunflower seeds onto your cereal in the morning. Green leafy vegetables are great as well. So include a portion of those with um, you know, lettuce in your lunch or uh, broccoli with your dinner, cabbage, Brussels sprouts. They're all excellent sources of calcium as well. Almonds are one of the best nuts, so you could drink almond milk if you can't take dairy in your diet. But if you can take dairy, you can have a yogurt every day, you could have um, you know, some some small piece of cheese that's very high in fat, so don't take too much. Better off with yogurt and milk is a very good source also. Um, other things like figs and dates are good sources, so you could use those to sweeten your breakfast cereal in the morning. And oranges, strangely, are also a very good source of calcium. So include one of those a day as well. All right. So there's lots of food there. And actually, I, I'm assuming that your answer there is has answered Liz, who who's, has a, a calcium question. She said, uh, a question on calcium supplement for my mum, who has been diagnosed or takes oral, oral calcium. She's aged 72. But the tablets from the GP are simply not agreeing with her. So any recommendations? So everything that you recommended for our last listener would, would be the same for Liz's mum? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Patricia, a lot of people don't want to ignore doctor's advice to take a calcium supplement. And that's fine as well. But take a calcium supplement that is something like either calcium citrate or um, you, that's a, a, maybe an ocean um, version of calcium that's coming from algae, actually. It's one of the, some of the new research now are showing that there's certain little hard-shelled um, algae that are microscopic and they're a wonderful source of ocean calcium. So calcium citrate or ocean calcium are much better tolerated. So if you can't take a high dose of the calcium carbonate, which generally 
is like the famous chalk is what's in those um, calcium chews and I think Idios is another one. Uh, if you can't tolerate those with your stomach, go into the health shop and get a calcium supplement there and it'll be much easier on the system. And is that common that some people can't tolerate the calcium? It is very common because, oh. because it is like chalk. Yeah. So it, yeah. Can be very, it can be rough on the system. Definitely people would feel quite sicky and uh, for some people it, it just doesn't it doesn't agree with them at all it's quite a common thing Okay here's poor old Denise uh, question for Annalise please I've got this awful itch across my shoulders and down my arms I've tried antihistamines and creams and I've even had an allergy test uh, what would Annalise recommend? Wow Yeah it's a hard one Patricia really but the first thing I would look at is medication and is it a side effect of any of your medications because it's one of the most common causes of itching that I see in the shop um, and some people are driven absolutely demented by it because even antihistamines don't seem to manage that tearing itch. So it might be that you've been on the same kind of medication for years but maybe you've been switched from the brand to the generic and the generic one doesn't agree with you. So even if it is, um, you know, if you're thinking about your medication you think, no, but I'm on blood pressure for years, check and make sure that in the pharmacy that it's, that, you know, the same one that you have been taking all those years. So that would be one of the first causes. The next thing then would be maybe to try supplement something like stinging nettle. This can work very well to kind of relieve what's called urticaria or, or hives or itch. And the gut plays a massive role as well, Patricia, in managing um, any histamine kind of conditions like rashes or itches or hives. So there are certain bacteria in the gut that will produce histamine. And if you've got a lot of those in there, when you take in a little bit of histamine in a food, which would be generally fermented foods like cheese and vinegar, um, pickles, any wine, any of those fermented foods, it can actually send you over the edge into this um, total, you know, histamine phase. So a probiotic is often a good one. Um, one of the ones that I'd recommend is just the Optibac for daily use one actually has some bacteria in there that have been shown in studies to relieve, you know, to relieve high histamine itches. So, okay, and and stay on the whole multivitamin bit because the listener wants to know: is there a multivitamin, either tablet or liquid form, that doesn't contain calcium or magnesium? Um, there's probably some that would contain little to no calcium, and there would be very small amounts of magnesium in most. So, calcium and magnesium, you see, actually are very important, Patricia, not just for um, for uh, bones, but they're also important as electrolytes for nerve transmission within the body. So a good multi probably would have a little bit so that they're not overdosing you with other electrolytes. So I think unless there is a really strong reason that you don't want to take calcium or magnesium in a supplement, I think having them in very low amounts and generally it's under 10% should be fine for most people. Okay, and let me, where's that? Oh, hi, uh, Annalise. what would you suggest I can take for pain relief? I've pain down my spine. I'm aged 53. Now, I'm assuming this is somebody who's taken pain relief but is looking for alternatives, mm. maybe? Yeah, the natural route is kind of hard for pain management, Patricia, really. The best I could suggest there is the cannabis oil because that does have some immediate effect on pain. In actual fact, the CBD um, cannabinoid element of it actually works the same way of one of our own natural painkillers. Um, one of the painkillers we produce in our body ourselves. So it can bind onto the same receptors and give you a pain relief naturally. But it's a, a difficult one for some people who are in chronic pain. It's just not going to be strong enough. And the natural route is really to 
treat the cause of inflammation. So I presume if it's in the spine, it's arthritis or it's maybe a, a you know a disc that's uh, inflamed or collapsing. So taking a supplement that supports the joints and the cartilage between joints in the spine and between the vertebrae would be very important. And something with maybe uh, something like boswellia and turmeric, they're great natural anti-inflammatories. And then something with collagen or hyaluronic acid or even glucosamine is another one and chondroitin. They're all good for helping to rebuild or to maintain cartilage in between joints and vertebrae. So go for the root cause as opposed to the, the, the symptom. And Mary says, hi, Kerr. And Lise, is there anything you would suggest I take for panic attacks? I am on a blood thinner. So, yeah, they're horrible, actually, panic attacks. People people who get them, it's because there's very physical um, symptoms as well as, you know, as well as the stress side of the mental stress side of it. So people's hearts race, they feel like they're getting a heart attack. Um, and really what it is, it's just a massive rush of adrenaline around your body because your body thinks it's an immediate threat and needs to escape. So everything is kind of ramped up to high dough. Um, so a number of supplements can help. Um, I think probably on, in the long term to take something like maybe L-theanine is very good, lemon balm. These are very calming um, natural amino acids and herbs that you can take that are great for kind of you know, suppressing that fight or flight side of the of the nervous system. Cannabis oil is another one that I would recommend um, because just like it binds onto the pain receptors, it also can seem to act as a calming neurotransmitter in the body. So I've seen great success for people who are suffering from anxiety using the cannabis oil. Now, the cannabis oil is difficult, Patricia, uh, because the sweet spot is very different for everybody. So whether you're taking it for anxiety or for sleep or for nausea with chemo treatment or for pain management, you may need to play around and take sometimes double, treble and even quadruple doses to find what your sweet spot is. But I would say that that could be another good one for the management of panic attacks. And then the last thing I'd say is the Dr. Delish Clare Relax Blend is a great one because, again, there's a blend of herbs in that that are designed to sort of rebalance the stress management system if it's been gone and you know put into overdrive so you might have a, a short-term you know benefit but in the long term you'll get a very good benefit from something like that okay and very finally somebody says does Annalise have a book for sale with all of the advice that she gives no <laughs> I don't Patricia but you should well maybe it's something I'll think about yeah. I think um, absolutely think you should it would be a bestseller I'll tell you that yeah, we'll talk to you next week thanks for right, that bye bye that's Annalise Drissel the Health Hub Times Square uh, in Ballincollig, of course, you can always pop into her. She is a mine of uh, information.